Brave, outspoken, conservative. We are Ladies Raised Right. We're your co-hosts. I'm Olivia. And I'm Anouk, and we're dismantling the left's agenda one lie at a time. You can find us on all socials at Ladies Raised Right or on Twitter at LadiesRR. And you can find any additional information and merchandise at LadiesRaisedRight.com. Welcome to this week's episode. Hello. Hello. We are going to dive into microeconomics. We guarantee this will be way more interesting than your college or high school courses. <laughs> we'll make it more relevant. Hopefully it doesn't put you to sleep. <laughs> but it's definitely important and it's good for you to know because this is going to affect your everyday life. Mm-hmm. So we'll start by defining both macroeconomics and microeconomics. So macroeconomics is the study of the economy as a whole, including topics such as inflation, unemployment, and economic growth. So by taking the beginning of that word macro, just think of that's like the big picture of economy. Micro, being smaller, is going to be the study of how the household and firms make choices, how they interact in markets, and how the government attempts to influence their choices. So obviously that's smaller if you're looking at an individual household or the entire country's like household income. Right. So this is like more of like a personal level, but also key word on this too, how the government attempts to influence their choices. How is the government influencing your choice day to day? Now, let's look at what's going on right now. How does Biden affect the economy? Hmm. How is he running the economy? Does he even know that he's in charge? Uh, well, we don't think he knows he's in charge, but it's very clear that Biden is more worried about a microeconomy versus a macroeconomy because Biden seems to just totally disregard that there's inflation, unemployment, and economic growth. Yeah, or just the lack of economic growth. Straight out the window. Like, yeah. he is just so unaware. Now, with both of them, there's going to be cons. Yeah, which is expected. Everything, like, nothing is perfect, so you're going to have cons to both. Which is why you have both. But it's making, like, what's the best decision for the country. Exactly. Which makes the most sense in this situation. Now let's give you some issues that you might run into with both micro issues and macro issues. For uh, microeconomic issues, you'll see things such as um, how consumers are reacting to the change in product prices, uh, if the firm decides to sell or decides what prices to charge for products that they sell, and then the costs and benefits of federal government processes for approving the sale of a new prescription drug. So these are all different kind of issues that might come with microeconomics. And yeah, we can relate that back to the definition of how household and firms make choices. Right. So like if you're buying stuff for your house and the price changes, you're going to maybe buy that product or maybe not buy that product anymore. If the government is changing the costs and benefits for approving the sale of a new prescription drug, i.e. like vaccines, <laughs> it's going to deter which way you're going to go if you think that there's um, the approval is good or bad or whatever mm-hmm. you might think. Exactly. And then you're going to have examples of macroeconomic issues. Some of the ones that you might see are experience periods of recession and increasing unemployment, what determines inflation rate, and then whether government uh, intervention can reduce the severity of a recession. So can the government intervene within the recession to sway it either one way or the other to make it better or worse? Yeah, and looking at these, you can see that these are big picture examples. Inflation rate government intervention, etc. Right. And we could sit here and say that, well, Biden's probably not aware of these. <laughs> I don't think he is, based on our economy right now. And the left is even getting a little fed up with Biden. 
Exactly. So some things that we can talk about, real-world application of this. So Trump increasing um, manufacturing employment rates from 12.4 million to 12.8 million during his uh, presidency. So Trump was looking at macroeconomics and he took unemployment and raised employment and brought business back into the U.S. as well with this. Yes, it was so, a very good move. It was a good move. No longer are we exporting to China. Like we had previously mentioned, since China shut down, we we're seeing shortages of everything. Now you bring business back here internally so you can make your own supply and you control your demand. Yep. Then, <laughs> this next part is kind of funny, quite honestly, because even the left is turned on Biden. Everyone is. Everyone is. CNN is now fact-checking Biden because he's claiming incorrect facts, and they say he's just not expressing the facts correctly or the data he has is not presented properly. This was something I never thought I would hear from the left. No, especially CNN. Yeah, I'm a little shocked right now. So one of the claims uh, Mr. Biden has recently made, (laughs) micro-Biden. 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 We've made historic progress over the last 10 months. Unemployment went down 4.6%, two years faster than everyone expected. When we started this job, it was over 14%, Biden said. Hmm. Well, let's look at how that's wrong. As previously mentioned in our last episode on COVID, the unemployment rate before COVID was 3.5 the month leading up to it. The month of COVID in April 2020, when it spiked, is where Biden got his 14%. Now... As of December 2021, unemployment is down to 3.9%. So you cannot compare those things. This statement is wildly inaccurate. You can't say that you started this job and it went over 14%. It was over 14% because it wasn't. You weren't president in April of 2020, so you can't even compare to that. You can compare it to before COVID because that's a pandemic. If you want, it is. Like, at the end of the day, like, I don't like to agree that COVID is a pandemic, but it fucked up the country for, like, a couple years. It is, yeah. So... If you want to look at true data, you're going to look at your data from before COVID and after COVID. And at that point, your unemployment rate is still higher. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Biden. Thanks, Biden. Biden also like to say that Nobel Peace Prize winners are supporting Build Back Better Act. So we're going to just do a whole episode on the Build Back Better Act so we can kind of break it down for you all. It's a $1.9 trillion, um, I don't know, tax law rule ruling, yeah. whatever it is, basically $1.9 trillion that we're not really sure where that's all going, but well, you're building back better. Allegedly, allegedly, these Nobel <laughs> Peace Prize winners are saying that they're supporting it. That's what Biden is claiming. Okay, okay. so the plan that Biden is pushing to build back better is also supposedly supposed to help with inflation. However, the Nobel Peace Prize winners are not supporting this because they do not think that it's going to alleviate current inflation rates. It could help long-term is what they're saying. They don't even want to like 100% commit to that. But looking over the Build Back Better, they are saying there is no way it's going to alleviate short-term inflation rates. And Biden is making claim that it will. Yeah, and I think what everyone is wanting to see now is these inflation rates dropping down and see normalized prices again, not five years from now. So to continue with inflation, let's define it. Inflation is a general increase in prices and fall in the purchasing value of money. So Biden is claiming, which he doesn't understand macroeconomics, right? We're saying he doesn't understand unemployment and inflation. Let's look at this. In 2020, the inflation rate was at 1.4%. In 2021, it was at 7%. 
That is a massive increase. There is no way that he can't say that he did not cause an inflation because no, it's no. very clear. We're not bothering with 2022 since we're literally 16 days into the year. So. <laughs> and there's no valuable data. And unlike yeah. Biden, we want to make sure we're giving you the right facts. <laughs> so this is the highest inflation rate since 1982. Some people don't like to say that 1982 has the highest inflation rate because the years leading up to it were also actually higher than 1982. So in 1980, you had 13.5%. 1981, you had 10.32%. and 1982, you had 5%. But the reason that this is so volatile like the 70s going into the early 80s, it was a result of the 1973 oil embargo and an Iranian revolution, which quadrupled the price of oil. And since we get our oil from the Middle East, obviously that had an impact. Exactly. So with that, that's what created that um, inflation. Now, let's look at the price of oil now. So far in Louisville, Kentucky, I've been seeing as low as 309 a gallon to 315 a gallon. What about you? I've seen, <laughs> I buy premium, so I yeah. kind of get screwed on that. It's usually like 380, 390. Um, I filled up my car the other day. There was still like a quarter tank in it. I spent 50 bucks. I used to spend like $20 to fill my car. Yeah, it literally used, my car takes 15 gallons of gas and it used to be like $30 to fill, 30, 35, and now it's like 45 to 50. Right. So these inflation rates are negatively impacting just like regular general goods that you need day to day, your cost Food. of living. People are not getting, mo- most employees are not getting comparable raises to match the inflation rate. So people are going to be making the same amount of money and they're going to be paying more for everything and it's just not going to help. Yeah. So Biden really needs to get his act together. <laughs> exactly. Or and we can figure this out. Elect me for president <laughs> in 2024. I will not be your VP because I think I'm like a hazard. <laughs> I'm but now taking VP support candidates. You. Candace Owens. Yeah. <laughs> she can be your VP. I will pass. <laughs> I've never ran a political office in my life, but I think I would exceed at being the president of the I United so States. Too. Hey, if Trump can do it, you can do it. <laughs> That's right. We can just get him to back you. <laughs> Now, while we live in our little bubble over here in Indiana and Kentucky, um, we live in predominantly a red area, there are times where we leave and we get a little bit of taste of the rest of what's going on right now, which Mm. I find very concerning. Yeah, I went back to Michigan. I'm from the Detroit area, and it was completely different there. Everyone is still wearing their masks. Stores were, like, still closed. People were still eating outside. In the winter... In the winter. Yeah. It's awful. So I got the pleasure and the joy of getting to go to California for a couple weeks in December. The most socialist state. The most socialist, which is funny because, like, everyone is leaving there and hoping that maybe, like, I'll move to this other area because I won't pay as many taxes. And then they're just turning all these great areas into, like, little mini LAs, which is terrible because, like, if you love LA so much, stay there. Yeah. If you're leaving a blue state, do not go to these red states that have... Good tax rates, good business, good economy, everything, and then destroy it with your and socialist policies that obviously do not work. Because if they worked, you would stay where you were. Exactly. So some things I got to see while I was visiting the great state of California was some signs by road construction that said, your tax dollars hard at work. Hmm. Hmm. Well, also with that same sign was a sign that said, the ramp will be intermittently closed between March 2020 and July 2024. 
That is a four year span. Yeah, that's a big range for my taxes to be hard at work. I feel like my taxes aren't working very hard if it takes no. four years. Yeah. Like, Even I don't know much about road construction, but that seems extremely ridiculous to me. In Michigan, it makes sense because, you know, we have awful winters. But in California, like what? Honestly, what is there that's bad for their roads? They don't get rain. They don't get snow. They yeah. Like, if you're not by the, o- like, I could almost see, like, the ocean being bad for it, but it doesn't sound like this highway was really by the ocean. It was not by the ocean. <laughs> it was, like, an hour waves. inland from the coast. Yeah, so we don't really know what California is doing with your money. Nope. And then continued on that, I got the joy of being there when they re-implemented a max ma- mask mandate. So one day, there was no mandate. The next day, there was a mandate. And I got yelled at from every angle in multiple places because I, as not a California resident, was not aware of this mandate that got implemented. So I showed up to the gym and I did not have a mask. And they said, ma'am, you need a mask or you can't work out. We don't have any to give you. I paid for a gym membership there and they couldn't give me a mask for a requirement that they required to have at the gym. (laughs) Even though I'm a pain member. So I got mad and I went next door and I bought a box of 50 masks and I left them on the counter for everybody else. Good job. That's what we like to see. But let's remember, Dr. Fauci himself said that masks don't work. So why are we implementing a mask mandate if it doesn't work? Trust the science until the science doesn't agree with the politicians anymore. LA also requires vaccine vaccine cards to go into bars and clubs, similar to New York. However, when they re-implemented this mandate, now looking back at this mandate got pushed, I think, right in the middle of December, December 15th or something close to that, they have their highest spike <laughs> in the end of December, early January. So it's either that, like, the government is pushing so many rules down these people's throats um, that they're just deciding, like, no, I've had enough of this and rebelling and doing what they want, which is going to make the government want to do be even more strict and more, um, like, restrictions and everything. But people are still going to rebel because exactly. people don't like being told what to do, really. No, it's exactly I, I mean, what some it is. people do, but no, I think if don't. you're trying to tell the entire country, yeah. And they've just like lost it because like they have like this is all they talk about COVID this COVID that everywhere you go people are talking about COVID. So I had the radio on in the car just to kind of listen to what they were talking about. Um, I kind of regret my decision really quickly <laughs> of having the radio on, but they have nonstop ads for COVID, and guess what? They're sponsored by Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson. So all these ads are like, oh, like protect yourself, da da da, like do all this stuff. But they're sponsored by these companies that are making money off of people getting these vaccines. So of course they're gonna be on the radio pushing it. Yeah. So out of curiosity, I thought, hmm, I wonder what stock prices are on like Pfizer, Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson. Pfizer's stock on August first, two thousand and nineteen was thirty three dollars and 73 cents a share and on january 16th so as of today it was 54 dollars and 95 cents it hit a high of 59 dollars and five cents in december 2021 right at the time when there was that massive outbreak with the omicron variant everyone with christmas was getting covid i was giving covid stock prices went up people made money Mm -hmm. and then big pharma made money big pharma made money well shareholders (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then if you have Johnson & Johnson, August 1st, 2019, just to be consistent, their shares were going for $128.36. And then today, they're going for $167.84. It also hit a high of $173.13 in August of 2021. 
August of 2021 seems kind of random to hit a high. December made more sense to me. I'm trying to think what was going I on. I would agree. But it's still, like, it's still, spi- like, I mean, it hasn't gone down. It's only gone down, like, $5 since Yeah. Then. So yeah, it's that's true. it's hit a high, and it's, it's stayed there. Yeah. It's very close to where it was. It's probably not going to come down soon with all these mandates. No, probably not. If anything, they'll keep going up, especially if yeah. they keep pushing all the boosters. Ugh. Now... The additional thing that I heard on the radio that really kind of got to me, if you are unsure of the vaccination status of friends and family, host events outside and make sure to socially distance. McCarthyism. Yep. They were (laughs) basically saying you should, or you shouldn't have the event. If you don't know the vaccination status of a friend or family and you feel like they're unvaccinated and you shouldn't include them. Yeah. I don't know. Seems almost like the red scare to me with communism, COVIDism. McCarthyism. How is it not? Like, if you were avidly telling people to not include people because of a health condition or a health choice, that's... It almost reminds me of people saying, if you're Jewish, you can't do this event or this activity. You can't stay out past this time. It sounds exactly like that, but COVID version. Yeah, and people are just failing to recognize it. Obviously, we're not saying COVID is the Holocaust. That is not accurate. But a lot of the things that Hitler implemented that led to the Holocaust are what government is currently implementing with these COVID restrictions. So wake up, make sure you know your rights, and continue to start your week off right with Ladies Raised Right. Woohoo! Bye. Bye.